This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Pat McNulty. Pat is the Associate Director for University and Young Adult Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. Welcome, Pat. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super Great excited. to have you. Pat, as we um, kind of continue, um, now kind of focusing on your role. So first of yep. all, um, what do you do for the diocese? Yeah, so I oversee all of our outreach efforts on the college campuses across the diocese, and I'll also be kind of helping to coordinate young adult ministry. That part hasn't quite started yet. I'm focusing mostly on universities for now. We actually have 25 higher ed facilities within the Diocese of Columbus, which is a lot. Um, and unfortunately, many of them don't have an active Catholic presence um, on their campus. What are your priorities? I know you've just kind of started the job, but what are your priorities in this role? Yeah, right now, just assessing yeah, what exactly is going on, which campuses are thriving, which campuses need the most support. Um, so definitely traveling around the diocese a lot recently. Um, and from there, the hope is that we build up um, just a core of students who love the Lord and provide a witness to the rest of their, uh, the rest of their campus. Um, kind of my time and focus formed me to to really think about the way that the apostles um, would have evangelized, because that was before churches existed. This is before you had a parish hall. This is before you had a building of any sorts, um, before budgets and finance committees and spreadsheets and all those good things. Um, but what they did is they went out and they met people, and they met them as part of their lives. I mean, even St. Paul like spent some of his time making tents just so that he could talk to the other people who were making tents next to him. So just trying to build up a group of student leaders who care about the faith so that while they're on campus, they're studying, um, they're also working with other students um, within their classes, and they can start to show those students the beauty and the gift that the faith is. That's really interesting, because I think, um, you know, we we think with evangelization and with the new evangelization so much within this sort of Christendom model, this sort of um, institutional model that, well, parishes and da-da-da-da-da-da. But there is the opportunity for us to really live on apostolic mission. And there there are many parts of the landscape here in America that resemble the very early beginnings of the Church, you know, in the apostolic era, in the sense that you know, there's might be a few people who have heard of Jesus or who are really trying to follow him, but they're a small little group. Yeah, absolutely. And they um, they need, in a sense, p- apostles to reach out to them, to nourish them, to strengthen them, mm-hmm. to form them, and to teach them really to attract others. Mm-hmm. So you talk about um, student leadership formation, which you know we um, every yeah. it seems like almost every campus, there's at least one student who's really serious about their faith yep. and interested mm-hmm. in forming something there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. thank God that there's at least some students. And yeah, I mean, the Lord told us not to pray for the harvest, but to pray for laborers. So that's really been my prayer recently, is to pray for, for more laborers on these campuses that care about the faith and desire for others to know the Lord, and yeah, to be able to provide that mentorship um, for them. But yeah, speaking about the kind of the apostolic model. Like, I know I have a good friend who, um, I met him at Colorado State. He was coming to the church, but when he came to college, he like had not been going to church for a long time, but he met a girl on his floor that he thought was really cute and she was going to mass. So he went and afterwards, like there's all these people hanging out. We always had dinner after Sunday night mass. So he stuck around and then um, he started hanging out with people and we actually like invited him to a game of basketball. and We just started playing 
And it was like we were throwing down. Like it was a really competitive game. Like people were, yeah, getting pretty hyped up and uh, maybe a little <laughs> too competitive. But yeah, it was great. And from that, he just started to realize like, man, people in the church are not these boring, lame people. Like these are guys who actually went out and had a super competitive basketball game. And I'm a guy who likes to compete. That was fun. And then afterwards, they shook hands and they, you know, they didn't hate each other either. So mm-hmm. there was something attractive about that to him that he really enjoyed. And that's what actually led to his conversion because, you know, he just started coming to the church more often because he realized that those types of people were around. And I think there's a, a temptation for us to reduce evangelization to, you know, what talk can we give or, you know, our parish would be better at evangelization if Father gave better homilies or something. But that's not where evangelization happens. I mean, evangelization happens, you know, in your neighborhood, over dinner, or, yeah, with your neighbors, um, with the people that you know, living life with them and showing them, hey, look, my life is awesome. My life is joyful. Um, and there's something here that I desire for you, and I hope that you come to desire it over time as well. Instead of just saying, you know, hey, come to this event at the church, um, you know, that's usually not a, a great first move, just because church events are sometimes great, sometimes not. Um, but either way, someone first wants to see that the faith is worth living. Um, and I think about it too, like um, a couple of years ago, I bought like a nice grill and it took me forever to decide if I was going to buy this grill. Like I didn't know if I wanted it. It was a little expensive. It was an investment. But ever since I bought it, I like am all in, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. trying to learn like how to barbecue better and get new recipes and like always want to be cooking on it. In the same way we think about that with faith, like sometimes we immediately try to put someone into that latter category when we actually have to just sell them on it first. People just want to be sold on, if I go to church, if I practice my faith, am I going to be happy? Am I going to be joyful? Is it worth it? Um, and once someone buys into that idea, then yeah, the, the extra catechesis, the parish events, those things that form us well, those are great because someone's bought in and all in, but we have to first reach those people who have not bought into the faith yet. In, you know, in your role, so a lot of it now is kind of get, kind of figuring out where everything is. And, and the state of things. Mm-hmm. And then um, student leadership, so kind of investing yep. in those that are already present. Yep, absolutely. Um, what I guess, um, and obviously, you know, there's Focus and SPO, both mm-hmm. present in the diocese, so they're great resources, although it tends to be more focused on OSU, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, you know, it's a huge center um, mm-hmm. for the whole Columbus metro area anyway yep. for, for university students. But um, what other, you know, what are areas of growth in university evangelization do you see? Yeah, I think there's a lot of areas of growth for sure. I mean, a lot of our campuses, unfortunately, were hit hard with COVID, and even the ones that had active ministries have kind of seen that kind of fade away. So looking at even Shawnee State or Ohio Northern or Ohio Wesleyan, these other schools that are pretty decent-sized schools. They're not huge. They're not Ohio state size by any means, but there's a couple of thousand students present there who, yeah, desire to know um, the Lord. They might not realize it yet, but deep down they do desire to know the Lord. So yeah, forming student leaders on those campuses to, to be able to reach them um, is definitely a huge priority and I think could lead to a lot of fruit. Um, yeah, but I think pretty much every campus in the diocese still has a lot of untapped potential um, in what we're doing. So it's really exciting. And, you know, and I know because I'm privy to the the evangelization planning yep. process. Um but, you know, one of the things, so obviously investing more at the Newman Center at OSU mm-hmm. yep. um, and the work that the Paulists are doing there and that yep. Focus and SPO are doing there, um, 
But, you know, there's another opportunity, which was very much on the heart of Bishop Brennan, was student housing. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And coming up with a plan for that. Yeah, definitely. Student housing would be an amazing resource. So if you're listening and you uh, own rental property in the OSU area, I'd love to be in touch uh, <laughs> to see uh, if you'd want to rent to Catholic students. But yeah, providing a place, this is something that SPO does very well too, but providing a place that people can live um, their faith out. I think a lot of college students um, just kind of fall into what's around them. Um, someone once said to me, like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, and unfortunately, if you're on a college campus living in the dorm, the five people closest to you probably aren't living a very Catholic Christian uh, moral life. Mm -hmm. And so you could easily just kind of fall, um, unfortunately, into that. Whereas if you live with people who are trying to pursue that lifestyle, everything just kind of becomes significantly easier um, in the ways that you're trying to pursue your faith. So providing that housing for students to be able to f yeah, have a refuge where they can come and really grow in their faith is huge. And, you know, it's an interesting... Um, kind of, and it, I think it connects to earlier points that we've made, but, you know, Christianity is incarnational. God has, become, you know, taken on mm -hmm. our human nature, and we continue to encounter him through humans. Absolutely. And community is so important. And mm -hmm. just as you said, you know, you're the five people nearest you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I think where we kind of lose sight of God in our life, especially maybe in our college years, is that we don't have that constant reminder. Maybe in the home we did, if our parents were particularly faithful and practicing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if we're with a bunch of, mm -hmm. you know, a, a bunch of people on our floor or in our house or whatever mm -hmm. that don't really believe or don't think of God, yep. um, then, then He is going to appear more remote from us. Yeah, absolutely. Iron sharpens iron, as uh, Proverbs says. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's important to have those other people around you that are strong, that can yeah, pick you up when you fall, and that can walk with you um, yeah, as you kind of go along. And yeah, throughout the Gospels, there's no time that anyone ever is ever sent out alone. Like when the Lord sends out the 72, he at least sends them out with one other person. So they're always in community, and they're always with someone else. And as the apostles then branched out to make their travels, they always went with companions um, throughout all their travels. So there's nowhere um, within recorded Christianity that you know people went at it alone. Um, so if you're trying to go it alone, that's not the way, and it's you'd fade pretty quickly um, over time if, if that's what you're trying to do. So yeah, finding those communities around you is really important, and trying to build up those communities on college campuses is yeah definitely a really important priority for us. Yeah, and and as we wrap up our time together, Pat, um, you know, any kind of final thoughts or maybe even dreams for? university evangelization in the diocese? Yeah, I think the dream is just that, yeah, Catholicism becomes a norm. Um, it's almost, you know, my, my hope is that you can't avoid it when you're on campus, no matter who you are, that at some point you're going to hear the gospel and you're going to have to make a choice whether you believe in it. Um, and that's the hope that every college student, um, while they're in the Diocese of Columbus, at some point has to look the gospel in the face and, and make a decision on which way they're going to go. You know, I have lots of dreams about university evangelization, but I would love to um, turn the Newport into a shrine to Our Lady. That'd be awesome. You know. <laughs> <laughs> With me today has been Pat McNulty. Pat is the new Associate Director for University and Young Adult Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. Thank you, Pat, for joining us. And until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.